Hello and welcome to episode 173 of the Naked Tech Podcast. It's the show that gives you everything you need to know about consumer tech, the internet, and all about player number 67. I'm your friend, Jeff Kim. My name is Calvin Lee, and I am Vengeance. Mm, mm. Well, riddle me this, Vengeance. <laughs> yeah. Why does so the before, penguin look like that? I, I have no idea. Um, for, for those of you who don't know, while in between this episode and the last episode, my YouTube feed has been nothing but DC fandom videos uh, about what's coming up in the DC universe. And I have very, very little confidence in what they're about to produce in whatever phase they're in. Hmm. Well, I think that's the one film that people are excited about, though. Yeah, the rest are rubbish, right? Like Aquaman I don't know about two... Black Adam. There's not much footage there. No. And why are they doing tra- trailers on trailers most of the trailers i see on youtube are like behind the scenes on 40 seconds of this little footage we just made um so the flash is coming um aquaman 2 is coming black adam is coming um michael keaton is coming back michael keaton is coming back none of that none of that just you know makes me want to watch any of those um except for batman though right i think i think that looks decent the batman the Batman. Mm. You're going to get all the villains. Or you're going to get all the Arkham villains. The Penguin played by Irish dude. <laughs> Danny he, he DeVito? Different. The other Irish dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Clive. We, and then when you think about that, and you think about all the talk about Spider-Man and all the Spider-Men coming into the next one. Like, there's just no, there's just no f- like competition when it comes to the hype train, right? Like mm. Marvel has got. I believe this. the the latest Eternals, yes. not even a trailer, like a little thing mentioned yeah. Superman. So, oh yes, I saw that. Yeah, so um, it's, it's like a multiverse within, crossing over to other universe multiverses. Maybe, maybe. Well, that's on November fifth. We might do an episode about that. But before we talk about that episode, you know, we've got lots to cover in this episode. Where we're all we're going to be talking about the new MacBook Pros. And if we have time, we'll talk about the Pixel 6 and the 6 Pro. Hopefully you'll, you won't be too maxed out by all the chip stuff, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Lots of numbers today. Lots of numbers. Okay. Where are we starting today? Um, MacBook Pro, I think. Um, did, you, did you do me a favor and watch the thing at 4 a.m. or whatever it was? This was the... Possibly... The only time that I have not... I actually haven't watched the replay. <gasps> Jeffrey. What's wrong, Jeffrey? What happened? I don't know. I don't know. Wasn't feeling it? I mean, like, maybe that's just natural because I just spent almost five grand on Apple products just recently. <laughs> um, am I going to spend another five grand on, on a laptop? For, for the podcast, well, maybe I should, because you can probably hear the fan going on my MacBook Air right now. And don't forget, the MacBook Pro is supercharged for pros, if you haven't been to the apple.com website, um, where they talk about the new 14-inch model, as well as the 16-inch model. Um, where do you want to start? The smaller. Let's go smaller. Let's go small. Let's start with the 14. 14 Pro. 14. Everything okay, is back. So- Everything is back. Um, I guess the biggest, the biggest sort of surprise was how they named the new M1 
chips. Uh, people were expecting an M1X sort of, sort of name uh, attached to the chip, but they've got two. It's the M1 Pro and the M1 Max. Hmm. I'm still confused, Kelvin. So um, I'm hoping you could uh, do a quick rundown. I do have a clip, clip though, maybe just yes. to start off with. Let's kick it off with a clip. And um, I've titled this as, it's pretty much the summary of the keynote. It's not even a keynote anymore. It's a mar- marketing ad, summary of the marketing ad that they had at four o'clock in the morning, one morning. Here it is. Users value the full height function row on the standalone Magic Keyboard. And we've brought it to the MacBook Pro. The physical keys replace the touch bar. The keyboard is set in a double anodized black well that elegantly highlights the backlit glyphs on the keys. So no more touch bar. To me, that, yeah. that's just it. That's the one line you can take yeah, away. Yeah, that's a lot of words for we got rid of no, we got rid of the touch bar. Um, should we should we talk about the touch bar? Should we just give it a little bit of a rest in peace moment and let it just fade away? Um, so behind me, if you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch is the MacBook pro 2019. Um, it's got the touch bar over here. Um, I don't use it at all. <laughs> In fact, it annoys me when I reach the F for the F2 key to sort of, you know, uh, put all the windows away, um, in, in, you know, Mac OS and it's not there. Um, I've tried looking at all the different apps that are available to make it more useful. Um, and Jeff, you work with designers more often than I do. Do you see them use that in the apps that were designed for it, like in Photoshop or in Illustrator or, or any other sort of those creative tools? Well, I mean, work with them, but I guess I don't physically see them use it just because we're not in the same space. Um, I can tell you about how I use it because I, mm-hmm. I do have a MacBook, uh, you know, the, the previous m1 macbook pro mm-hmm. for work purposes uh the only time i use a touch bar is for emojis very handy on teams <laughs> that's yeah. a really good point <laughs> yes it is um yeah. what, what okay so the other thing i use is the touch id mm. have they taken that away no it's there okay oh it's there yeah so the function keys are back um and touch id is there um, and it was, it was, we, I think everyone could have seen this coming. I don't think Apple wanted to really die on this hill. That is the touch bar. Um, when they first introduced the touch bar, uh, everyone was, you know, up in arms that the escape key wasn't there because if it failed, you couldn't escape anything. So then they brought that back and now they've gotten rid of it altogether. So no one's going to miss it. Just, just with the function keys, do we actually use them? I, I mean, apart from the brightness, shortcuts, um, maybe the volume, I don't actually use the function part of the function keys. I think I, I use F2 the most to sort of get back to my desktop and F12 to bring up developer tools in a browser. Is that That's in the about OS it. or is that part of a software? I think it's part of, I think it's, it's, I think F2 is in the OS, F12 is in the browser, right? So either way, I think people are, would have mapped or different applications would have mapped different functions to these function keys. So yeah. to, to take it away, like, you know, God knows what does in Excel, right? I'm sure power users there are glad it's back. Yeah. I think, um, do, do you feel like if Steve Jobs and, you know, it has, we have actually gone past the 10 
uh, I guess, anniversary of his death just recently. Do you、mm-hmm. think if he was still around, the touch bar would have come to life? I mean, I think- he famously introduced the iPhone saying, hey, there's all this space at the bottom half of your phone where there's like a physical thing, and we just replaced it with、uh, a display. So, so it changes to or adapts to what you need that space to be. Yeah. Which is I- kind of what the touch bar is. I think, I think they would have kept the touch bar if Steve was around. I think what would be turning him in his grave right now is that they've gone backwards to reintroducing HDMI and the SD card. I don't think Steve, well, I don't think I've ever seen an Apple product go backwards. Right, as in bring, bring it back. Bring something old back. Like, you know、yeah. how they killed the, you know, the,、um, the disk drive, they killed the CD ROM. Like, can you imagine if they had brought back, like, you know, the iMac in 2000, whatever it was, and here is the CD drive back, you know what I mean? Just because people wanted it. Yeah. Like, and it's HDMI, like, and not I even sh- 2.1. I actually think it's an admission that they should, like, they were too early in getting rid of these things. So,、mm. like, were we ready for the optical drives to go at the time? Or. By them taking it away, did that drive the industry to remove them?、Mm, yeah. That's interesting. I, I think even if, they, even if we weren't ready for HDMI to go and SD cards to go, for example, there's a new SD card format that's coming, which I think is quite embarrassing for Apple. But also, they're not even giving us the, the, the best HDMI standard, regardless of whether you know, people will be using it for you know, 8K, 120 hertz, or whatever the, the, the specs are for HDMI 2.1 instead of what they've given everybody, which is the HDMI 2.0. I've never seen Apple take a step back, right? I'd rather they come、mm, with a what, new what port the, or something.、Uh, the charging. Oh, MagSafe. MagSafe. I, I think MagSafe made more sense.、Um, I'm surprised it's the same as in the way it looks and the way it functions. You know, and it's not some sort of magnet circular thing that you attach to the back of the screen or something crazy like that.、Um, So, no, I think that's good. And you can still charge by USB C anyway. So, I think, you know,、uh, that, that's always helpful.、Uh, but no, I'm glad that's back. But also, old standard, old, same thing. They're bringing it back again. It's not exactly new. I'm quite surprised by that, too. Now, we did post, well, it was me,、uh, post something on Twitter、um, the other day when we were supposed to record. And、uh, there was a question that I asked. I'm just trying to bring it up. Uh, very slow. This MacBook Air. Wish I had a MacBook Pro with an M1 Pro chip. <laughs> saying.、Uh, and it was to do with if, because the previous MacBooks had the USB C as a charger. Oh, there it is. I think you have it there. Yep, there he is. What happens if I plug the MagSafe end into a MacBook Pro? The new MacBook Pro, I think. Yep. And the USB C end to a MacBook Air, what, what would happen? Well, here's what would happen they would have a baby. No, I'm kidding.、Um, the, you get an iPad whatever, mini. <laughs> you get an iPad mini. You get a MacBook mini. <laughs>、um, so MacBook. let's assume that the MacBook Pro needs what? 60 watts of power to charge.、Mm-hmm. There's. There's no way by connecting the other end of the USB C port to another MacBook Pro will that port give you 60 watts with 60 watts of power. 
So you could charge, you could, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't, you know, do a bilat like a, a bi-directional charge. Um, I'm maybe, not sure what people. Maybe are I should have uh, researched this and maybe try to figure out what actually happens. I don't know. Well, they're not out yet, so we don't. Maybe we can't. No, try I, I don't it, think but, anything uh... will happen. I think it's just for charging. <laughs> you know, the, it's a MagSafe port. Like, what do you want? Um, I think it's the same as like if you go back in time and see yourself. The the universe kind of implodes in itself, right? That'd be some sort of singularity event. Um, anyway, so that. It kind of highlights the almost ridiculousness of the situation of Apple killing something, now bringing it back, possibly, I think, first time ever. And it's not just one thing. They've, they've brought everything back. And I think uh, the point of that first clip, going back to that, was mm. just to highlight that everything is back, baby. They've said, sorry, bad. we made a bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I think the other thing they wanted to really push was the speed of the new chips as well. Um, I'm just bringing up a graph that, you know, on Apple.com that says that, you know, with the M1 Max on the 14-inch model, it's 3.7 times faster in terms of project builds um, and the usual numbers that you see in Apple marketing presentations that make very little sense. But they do want to leave you a one message, and I've got a clip, and uh, it's not going to be difficult to guess what they want you to go home with. One thing that we do know, well, apparently, they're fast. Fast two times, faster, faster, two times faster, and then seven times faster, even faster, again. two and a half times faster, is over three times faster. Faster, faster, it's faster, it's faster, faster, faster. Super, super, super fast, faster now. Faster, it's faster, it's faster, it's faster, faster than ever. It's faster, it's faster, it's faster, 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 it's fast charge. So that's mm. every single time they said fast during the keynote. Um, like it. That should have said 5G as well. <laughs> yeah, 5G, 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 which was the previous one. Now that you're bringing me back to that. Um, yeah, I, like this, undoubtedly, if you're looking for speed and if you work, you know, in the Mac ecosystem, particularly around their tools, you, you would upgrade. Like this is better than faster than any Mac Pro, let alone MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. Now, we did talk about the, the Pro and the Max naming. And I think uh, on the surface, it's, it's hard to tell which one's actually more Pro or more Max than the other. <laughs> like it's not Pro Max, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, well, they are following the same sort of naming convention as the phones, right? Like, isn't the Max always better oh, than okay, the Okay, the latest 13. Pro? That's true. Yeah. But the Max is more, it's not faster, it's just bigger. Yeah. So, so I think that's a good sort of segue into what this is, right? So I think we've come to a point where rather than making the chips faster, we're making them do more, right? So we're making them physically bigger. Um, so the M1 Max is just a lot bigger because it has more GPU cores and it allows for more pipes to sort of transfer speed from the RAM and everything. It's just got bigger bandwidth all across. So mm-hmm. if you're going to be pushing, like, you know, if you're going to be working with ProRes footage and 8K footage and that sort of thing, you definitely want the M1 Max. But I think if you're a prosumer, which is where I think this Pro is really sort of pushing at, that that's plenty powerful. Now, Kelvin, I didn't even look into this, and it just occurred to me. So both 14 and 16 inches will have a mm-hmm. Pro version and a Max version. 
Yeah, that's right. Correct. So okay. let me let me let me bring that up. We might as well start talking prices now, right? And look into mm-hmm. what you can get here in Australia. So you got two 14-inch models. Um, the base model is two grand. Oh wait, that's U.S. prices. One second. Um, Slash so AU. That's right. We looked into this <laughs> many SEO worlds ago. Oh man. Hey. Apple Australia. Give me one second. Um, Because I remember it was three grand for the base model. There you go. All right. Back to usual programming. So we have the 14 inch Pro for three grand, um, which comes with the M1 Pro, as you can see here. Oh, wait. The 14 inch doesn't have the M1 Max. Uh, It's got. Probably can't fit. But you see how it's got more GPU cores? Uh, right, so there are two models. The first is the base model for three grand. You get the base model and then the M1 Pro Pro version of the 14 inch. You get um, two more GPU cores for another $800. Um, it just allows more wattage, as you can see in the USB C power adapter here. So the base model will take 67 watts and the. Um, the the one above it will take 96 watts so it's just allowing more power to go through it basically and the and result of that is just obviously performance but i think like um if even the your your gaming performance not that there are games on the mac ecosystem so somehow if you can put boot camp yeah. and uh so it's not games. even it's not even just that right you can uh, like the mm-hmm. new m1 chips won't allow you to put boot camp anyway um, and not only just that, like the new M1 chips aren't even based on Intel's x86 architecture. So you can't even run games that typically would have worked with the old Intel-based MacBooks. So the entire Steam library at the moment is based off the x86 architecture of the old MacBooks, the Intel-based MacBooks. So you couldn't game even on games that were built for macOS. You could, you could run the them point, by... I, I did watch a video, yeah. like one of those channels. Uh, I didn't yeah. clip anything, but... Um, it, theoretically, game, games would run better and faster on these notebooks, like pro- possibly yes. faster than any and efficiently than any other notebooks out there. But yeah, I don't know. Any uh, certain percentage of or small percentage of games uh, have used the Rosetta to convert yeah. into yeah M1. Totally. Like if you're a developer, a game developer, you're not going to be developing for the new M1 chips, right? You're going to be developing for the hundreds and millions of people on Intel chips or AMD chips. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to the 16-inch, um, there are three models. Uh, the first two running on the Pro, and the last one running on the Max. So they range from $3,749 all the way up to $5,249, um, with just you know varying sort of storage uh, capabilities, GPU cores. If you look at the top end one, it's like 32 core GPU and 32 gigs of RAM. Um, yeah, so, so that's insane. But everything else is the same. Now, I do have a rather long clip from Tom Merritt. Mm-hmm. And it's, all, it's full of numbers and specs. So I'm now kind of like questioning whether to play it. But I think um, this might be a good way to... Uh, let, let, let's play it. Let's play it. Yeah, decided. play it. Um, and we'll see. I can, I can stop it maybe halfway. Just maybe give Oof. it a sig- signal. But like, here we go. This is for the M1 Pro. 
Uh, two new chips. There's the M1 Pro and the M1 Max. The M1 Pro has 200 gigabyte per second memory bandwidth, up to 32 gigabytes of unified memory that works across the entire sock. 33.7 billion transistors, a 10 core CPU that's eight high performance cores and two efficiency cores that they say is 70% faster than the M1. 16 core GPU on the M1 Pro that's twice as fast as the M1. Uh, it can do ProRes acceleration in its new media engine. All right, cut, cut it, it's, cut it, Tom. It's fast. Okay. It's um, fast. Yeah, like, but the, 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 so the, I think, I think what, what it comes down to is the cost, three grand. Like, that's a lot for a laptop. You can get a decent Windows laptop with a decent NVIDIA GPU. You can play games on it mm-hmm. for two grand, let's say. Let's put it out there. So, and, and but it never came down to that, right? If you're going to be a if you're going to be a power Mac OS user, you're going to buy one of this. You're not going to even going to blink. There's no other option for you out there. But if you're a prosumer, what what would you use? Um, just based on my experience with the 2019 MacBook Pro, that this unit has been really disappointing. Um, it, it's got a dedicated GPU. It overheats just by you know plugging it into an external monitor. I don't do extensive things to it, and I always max it out. Um, and I can work you in marketing. Podcast on it. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can Skype on it. Um, that's a crazy idea. So I haven't been impressed, but I think this will take that away. I think all that bad juju that came from those MacBook units, um, especially the Intel ones. If you're an Intel MacBook Pro, I would definitely upgrade to this. Okay. Even just for the even for the webcam. So that's the, the pre M1, right? That's the pre M1. So I mean, the the step they took. So I guess the one between that one that you have and mm. the recently announced, you know, the M1, like everyone kind of universally liked it. Mm-hmm. it could it could have been a bit on the expensive side, um, but with these with the M1 Pros and the uh, M1 Max Maxes, that's another significant jump. Is I think what what the the narrative is at the moment. So if anything. And you know, just just looking at the technology, regardless of the price, the pricing, I think it's fairly impressive technology. And maybe you know, Apple's kind of like uh, lifting up the the baseline for everyone. Maybe. I think absolutely. I think you know, if you look at the website now, it, the 13-inch MacBook uh, Pro is still for sale, and. For eighteen ninety nine, that's no slouch, right? You don't exactly have to put in another eleven hundred dollars to get the M one Pro. Um, it really comes out to what you do. Um, so yeah, if you if you if you're on a budget, consider the thirteen inch. Um, but you know, like actually, I take that back. If I needed a laptop right now, I would get the MacBook, not the MacBook Pro with the M one, right? Because the the jump between the M1 based MacBook and the MacBook Pro is so small, um, so yeah, I think I think it's clear now the decision. I think if you're part of a studio and you know you've been, um, and I guess you know pe- people are working from home now, so you know tax write offs and whatnot, this is probably for them. It does feel like a like a Gen One line line of uh, notebooks. It does. It does. When yeah. I saw the HDMI port, I was just like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> this looks it's like off." Like, yeah. In two years' time, it'll be the M2s, right? Yeah, but I, I'm more. I think 
you know, chips will always get better and better. I'm more cur- I'm more I'm more sort of worried about the, the direction that Apple has taken. Like, do you see anything in this laptop that is a step forward in terms of, you know, capability, not just chip, right? Like new ports, new keyboard design. They've been burned by that. Um, the, the, I'm sure these LC, LED panels will be amazing, but still mm-hmm. nothing. That one innovative, ta-da thing is just not here. Hmm. It's 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 got a fold in half. <laughs> Touchscreen. <laughs> I don't know, like wi- wirelessly charge it or something. I don't know. Like fold it all they'll never back. do. They'll never do touchscreens, right? So we know that's out of the. Like something better with their cameras, maybe. You know, like you can auto track on an iPad Pro. Like, why Ooh. can't you auto track on the Mac OS, like the MacBook Pro, or something right. like there that? There is an elephant in the room here, Kelvin. <laughs> Will, are we not going to talk about it? Oh, at the, at the, right. If 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 that's considered innovation, you can just take me off the podcast now. Like, so so the new MacBook does have a notch. Okay, I'll see if I can find an image of it. It's just no, I, I don't think in any of a- Apple's material would you find a mention of the notch, the dreaded notch. Um, mm. What do you think, though? I mean, I, I saw a tweet from John Prosser, and I kind of agree with him. Cause I, I think they did it just for marketing. So, like, if you have a look at the, you know how they create icons for their products? Mm-hmm. Like, you can now, like, you know, an icon for a laptop. Is is it a is it a Mac product or is it a you know Samsung or whatever? Now now they can do that with a notch on the icon. Uh, like I'm not even talking know. about the actual photo. I'm talking about like a black and white, like a pictogram. Ah, uh, like like sort of like the earphones, right? Yeah, the white earphones when they first launched um, the iPod. Um, I mean, it has increased the screen size. I mean, that's fact. So it would have been but, like a big notch on top. Yeah. But it's kind and, of and, like reserved for the menu space anyway. And do you, why do you think there's no face ID? Is it because they couldn't fit the sensors in the, the sort of the width of the panel? Like they couldn't put all of that in? Like I, I thought that was a big miss. Like if they had face I mean, it's ID, probably a bang. Typical Apple thing, they'll probably introduce it for the next generation. They're probably holding it back so they can add it. As See, I felt like feature. I felt like that would have been amazing. Like Face ID, bang! Take the fingerprint sensor out, out, out the window. Do Face ID like you did on the phones. Then it's so universal, right? Like I can use the computer to log into my phone. I can use the phone to log into my computer, and so on and so forth. See, that's coming from a user that's <laughs> not using the watch, so I don't, I don't even need the Touch ID. I just. It unlocks with the watch. So no, that's that's true. No, that's true. I think it, it will probably force people to buy the watch. Yeah, why, why have a face ID? Why why put in a thirty dollar piece of uh, camera in in the laptop mm. when you can tell people to buy five hundred dollar watch? Yeah. All right. Is that enough about the MacBooks? Uh, should we yeah. talk about the new AirPods? Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's keep going. So there were a couple of other announcements. I did start with a uh, new colorful HomePod minis. Move on. Yeah. I, I do have a HomePod mini actually. You do? It's pretty good. Yeah. But all you can do is just play Apple Music. I kind of use it for... Um, Siri? Stopwatch. Oh. It's a very expensive stopwatch. It also, you also wear a watch. 
just don't know i just don't know how to break that to you <laughs> I, I do okay i do listen to music on it and also probably podcast when i'm when i'm at home so it's like a yeah. speaker integrated with airplay mm. Mm. all right um but airpods generation three shorter stem yep airpods pro mini <laughs> um it's the airpods pro without the silicon tip Yep, but um, surprisingly for me, it still has the um, surround sound, what do they call it? The spatial, spatial audio, sound. which yeah, is actually a pretty good feature. Yeah, I think so. doesn't have noise cancellation there. Whoa, the website is so trippy, man. Like you can, you can tell they obviously put a lot of effort into the... Like the AirPods is the volume mover, right? Um, so you get longer battery life. Uh, I believe it takes... Uh, there's there's a higher rating of waterproofness, um, and you can control with touch. It's got six hours of listening time and one charge. Um, it's a no-brainer. Um, I think if you have an Apple iPhone, this is the the sort of wireless headset to get. Um, tell us about your experience. I know you picked up the Jabra's recently. Like how how did how did they fare against the AirPod Pros that you were listening to? And now that you've had the taste of the competition, would you still recommend the AirPods to another iPhone user? I mean, it's been a while since I've used the, uh, the silicon-less AirPods. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a runner, and mm. I would experience them falling out pretty uh, okay. And it could be just my ears as well. Um, the, the Pros were a lot better with the tips. Mm. These Jabras are the most comfortable things. Yep. Um, I think some, some things it's actually better. Like even, even the, the connection to your Apple devices, Oh, it doesn't go from one device to another as well as the AirPod pros. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. What's a good use case? Like as as soon as I put them on, it knows that, okay, I'm going to play a podcast on the phone. Hmm. It knows I'm going to go for a run with my watch. So yeah, it seems to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I think I think if you're working from home and you're looking for a set of wireless headsets with good microphones, good price, I'm expecting them to be. Let's have a look at the pre-order, um, two seventy-nine. That is still pretty steep now, but I see these dropping another eighty dollars, um, hopefully by you know Black Friday. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I think if you've got a MacBook and you've got an iPad and you've got an iPhone and you want a one set of headphones that are decent sounding that have good microphones and you love chatting with siri mm-hmm. these are one of those good christmas gifts eh? <laughs> now there is a rumor mm-hmm. uh, i believe one of the kardashians were were seen with um new beats uh buds pods very interesting so that that could be coming i think also airpods pro the next gen i guess generation two pros could have a couple more sensors Yep. I think that could be interesting as well. Yeah. Um, and this, I, yeah, I, this is how Apple does product management. You know, it's it's world class. It they're the best at it. Totally. Um, it's you know you, you got to give it to them for that. Yeah, and I think when it comes to this, once you've matured a little bit in terms of the kind of li- like the audio sort of signatures that you like, I've got the Sennheiser Momentum wireless. You know, they're bass heavy. It's what I like. 
Um, the connectivity is nowhere near as seamless as I would imagine the AirPods to be. Um, but there's also the Sony's um, that everyone raves about. So yeah, I think the audio space, Apple doesn't really have a full sort of control over it. It really is down to personal preference. I think it's going to get interesting. And I guess we're sort of veering off into other territory now, but um, when, the, when the glasses come out next year, there's going to be a lot of competition. Mm. How is everything going to fit in with your other Apple products? I think that's sort of the key thing. Uh, I think that was it for the, uh, oh, Apple Music. Oh, that new. Um, the voice. Who's, um, no, everyone still yeah. uses the Spotify, right? Like it's, they're not, it's, it's, it's for the hardcore sort of Apple fans, right? I mean, what does Apple Music give you that Spotify can't? Yeah, I mean, they, they must have done some uh, research here, right? <laughs> so half price Apple Music that you can only control with your voice. That's what it is. So you, get, you have to say hot word, uh, play dinner music or play a very yep. specific album, you know, yep. something like that. Yeah, I, uh, I, is it for the HomePod Mini? You think users of the HomePod Mini because there's no input anyway. So if there's someone like yourself who has HomePod Mini there and you want to listen to music, and it only takes your voice as input, I, I see that being useful. And you know, Apple's never really cut prices in their services before, so it's a good step forward. I, I did have a little uh, note here because um, I did watch the the the, the supercuts. And um, I think Apple Music was one of the first announcements that they made. And, um, you know, Zane Lowe, he's like a BBC DJ sort of British dude. <laughs> and he's employed by Apple Music, obviously. And uh, he was in the studio talking about this. And he just had like these like Eames chairs everywhere. Do you know Eames chairs? Yeah. Like th there was like four or five of them in, in the studio. But that's all right. I noticed from that part of the keynote. <laughs> Because nobody cares about Apple Music. All right, let's let's do a quick five minute thing of Google Pixel. Um, so big the big news from this is these are Google's first phones with their own chips, um, which is really interesting because now that Apple has had so much success um, over its own chips, Google's got to have a go as well. And I think Google can do it right. I think Google's got the engineering capabilities. I think they've got a better understanding of how to produce these chips with, you know, partners and everything. Um, the the funny thing is, though, all the videos, they've got this double embargo thing happening with all the YouTube content creators, which is pissing them off. So the YouTube content creators got the phone, but they couldn't talk about the software. So you couldn't test the phones. You could just look at the hardware. Um, and I believe the embargo for everything else drops tomorrow on the 25th. So no one knows. Yeah, see all the videos on YouTube. Yeah, all at once. It's going to hit you like four hours of videos. And Jeff and I are going to do what we can to listen to some of them and give you what you need to know. But really strange sort of strategy from Google just to drive up the pre-sales, I would think. That is the strategy behind it, to mm. do a double embargo. I mean, we, we can talk about the phones. I mean, we don't have them. But yeah. from, <laughs> from what we've seen, um, you know, there, there were multiple leaks as usual, yeah. months in advance. Um, thank you, John Prosser, for <laughs> making those again. I, I actually like the look of them. And mm. uh, I'm going to, you know, my 
13 Pro with a massive bump. Yeah. One of the, one of the more annoying things is is the way it kind of you know sits there on the table. It does rattle. Now, because the the bump on the pixels are going across they, the called the visor. <laughs> the the LaForge. The LaForge. Right uh, here from Star go. Trek. Yep. Um yeah, so that's I think it's going to sit nicely. And I think and, and at a slight angle as well, right? So yeah, it brings back memories of your Nexus 6P, I thought. Um, it kind of has that vibe and feel about it. Um, the pricing is super competitive. Um, I believe it's 1,000 AUD for the Pixel. And the Pixel Pro is, let me just have a quick look, um, starting at $1,299. Mm-hmm. So uh, what do we expect from the Pixels before the mass sort of upload of videos tomorrow? Um, amazing cameras. Um, the Pixels have always been very competitive with that. A lot of cool software features. Um, there will be two new sort of voice services to take calls for you to, you know, that you can put on hold for. I don't remember what those services were called, but I think that's what really makes the Pixel stand out. Mm-hmm. Not so much the hardware, but also the software. And now that it has a tensor chip to all, do all the neural networking, the image processing, um, it's going to be a very competitive phone. Yeah, so they're taking control of the hardware and software. Kind of like another company that we know about. Such an A. So that, there's that. Uh, now, I did notice a bunch of TV spots, even like just normal TV. So they're, they're going all in on the marketing. I'm going to play a little bit, and I couldn't find the Australian version of this. And, you know, this, this week I've been watching a lot of NBA and ESPN. They've been playing, like, lots of ads with the Pixel 6. But this is um, a little bit of the ad that's going to highlight the, the hero for this phone. At its heart, the revolutionary Google Tensor, Google's first chip, and a processor capable of powering a new kind of smartphone. With an adaptive battery, intuitive enough to know where you need power and send it there. And I think, you know, Apple's been doing that as well, or they claim to. Um, It'll be interesting to see how Google does with that. Um, Yeah. There was another really interesting uh, podcast, uh, the Vergecast, they had an interview with Sunda Pachai mm. and a guy called Rick Ostelo. Do you know this guy, Kelvin? Never heard of him. Uh, he's been around. Um, he's the SVP of Devices and Services. And I don't know, quite impressive guy. He was almost like answering for Sunda, if oh, that makes sense. Like and stepping over like, him. Uh, there's a bit of tension between those two, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, Here is Rick answering the question from Dita, which was quite a good question, which was like, what makes the Pixel 6 any different to all the other flagship phones out there? It really is a clear representation of Google's brand. Like what we're trying to deliver is the very best possible Google experience. We do that by bringing, you know, all of our services that many people use, pulling them together in a cohesive user experience on the latest Android yeah, that's just a very short bit. I think it's worthwhile listening to, so I might post that in the link. But um, mm. very interesting answer. It's like very multi-layered representation of Google. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. Look, I'm showing images on, you know, if you're watching on Twitch and YouTube, of, of Android 12. 
Um, there is a lot of talk about how personalized it's going to be. For example, um, it says here in the marketing copy, says the Pixel 6 Pro will show you what you need when you need it. So depending on the time of the day and where you're going, it will show you different um, pieces of information. And that is where Google really is the king, right? It, it's, it's, your, it's got your Gmail, it's got your um, Google Maps, it's got your calendar. So it can do these things. And I feel like that is the Google experience, right? That personalization. They haven't really taken that you know, by the neck and really you know, run with it. So I, I think mm -hmm. this will change a lot of things as well. The other thing that they're selling a lot of on the website is how secure it is using the new Titan chip. So I think they're trying to get corporates on board as well to challenge the standard, you know, here's your iPhone on day one when you join a company. Um, so yeah, I think they're they're going after Apple. Yeah, and the, and the ten, with the Tensor, a lot of the processing is done on device. Mm, also good similar point. to another company. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it's, it's hard to think that, you know, you're going to get the full Google experience just with things on device. Yeah. I, I think the company that's going to get hurt most by this is this guy that I have in my phone, and that is the Samsung. I think I think Google is back in the game. I had a Nexus 5. I love that phone. The camera's rubbish, but you know it had a Google sort of flavor about it. You could do so much with it. Um, Samsung does has, does have their own chips called the Exynos chips, but they're nowhere near as good as even the standard Qualcomm chips that come with everything now. So I think... I've seen some of the beta for One UI 4.0 that is based on Android 12. If it doesn't bring across some of these, you know, integrations, which I don't think it will, because Samsung just doesn't have that level of data to pull from. I think mm -hmm. I think the S22 has to be amazing hardware-wise to really challenge this price, this software and hardware integration that Google is now, you know, going hard on. Now, a couple episodes ago, we talked about the the new flagships perhaps for Samsung, which are the, mm. the folding ones, right? Yes. So like, do you think they're going to give up on the non-folding phones perhaps? Uh, I, I think, I think I, that's a really good point, right? Because they just got rid of the note, right? Mm -hmm. So will the new flagships be the folding phones and then the budget phones are your typical a like they have a series a instead of you know the series s phones for budget phones i, I totally see that happening right mm. um the other unfortunate phone that was launched this in techtober was the new surface duo 2 from microsoft we're not even going to talk about it because i haven't looked at some of the early sort of reviews it's rubbish um but even simple things like the way the way when you when you open the a folding phone and the way the app sort of knows what to do with that it's a it's a huge thing right like these apps need to be optimized for folding phones so i i, I that's a really good point if samsung can work mm -hmm. with enough app developers to do a beautiful transition a beautiful experience on a big device that can fold that's going to be their edge i was earlier today um at jb and thank you uh Dominic, for letting us uh, roam around Go to the JB streets and check out phones, <laughs> pieces of hardware in real life, yeah, not on a two-day screen in front of you. Um, yeah, so I checked out the the flip and the fold. Mm. Pretty impressive, I got to say. Pretty impressive. Yeah, and, and you, and you know uh, what? I was I was helping a friend of the show, Sammy. Um, yeah, she's in the market for something. I believe she's ordering the new iPad Pro as well. Oh, nice. I've had something to do with that. But uh, like we, we did have a look at the 
the fold especially and the way it sort of opens up into a sort of iPad mini size mm. with the pen as S Pen. I was impressed, she was impressed. I just feel like if if the screen was a slightly bigger, it might actually be a be a, a competitor to iPads. Yeah, I never thought about it because I think these folding phones are gonna get cheaper and cheaper, right? Mm. So even if you get the flip uh for your everyday consumer, it's still gonna feel special, right? Uh, with that tall screen that you can fold. Um and you know, the the fold could be for the prosumer. Um so yeah, I think I think the market is going to diversify into these little pockets of what do you really need? Um, Seems like a so, missed opportunity for Microsoft because I think the Duo was going to play that role. Well, the in between the phone and the tablet. Yeah, I'm factor. not quite sure yeah. what Microsoft's angle is with the Duo, um, because well, that I think based, that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, but there's a clear break in between their folding device, right? There's an actual physical like. Um, border on each of the screen left and right so you can actually see a break in the user experience so either they need to work with google or create their own os to support a better experience i i i don't know i would i think maybe the surface duo for something in two or three years might be the one to look at to, to really see what microsoft's brand or thinking is because they don't have one at the moment yeah i mean like the ipad pro with, with the ipad pro Personally, like it's mm. replacing the laptop in a lot of ways. Not not fully. I can't uh, record a podcast on it just yet, but hopefully we'll yes. get there. Just got to spend another thousand dollars. Is that right? Um, Pretty much. But imagine a device that can replace a phone while doing that same thing. And I, I think it's something to do with these form factors. Is it like two folds? So <laughs> it the the smallest <laughs> version is. <laughs> a it's phone. like a Japanese fan that you just you unfold blah, 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 blah. it twice. A5 into A4. I, th I, think it, yeah. I think there's something there. Yeah, I think, it, you know, what will it look like in the next four or five years, right? Um, the other really interesting thing about Samsung is they have decks where if you hook up your phone to a screen, uh, you can run a full desktop operating system. So that's going to, you know, I check my email like that. It's quite amazing. Um, it's so much quicker than booting up your MacBook Pro, connecting to VPN, blah, blah. So... You're going to have to get creative as a, as a phone manufacturer now, right? It's not about just like a piece of metal with a glass sort of front on it. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's also glasses coming. Like, you know, Facebook's got the Quest things. Like, is that going to be it? I've seen the new Vive as well, that portable sort of VR headset that looks amazing as well. Um, so, no, I think, I think, which is why I'm worried about Apple, you know, going back to just HDMI and just SD cards. Like, there isn't really anything taking the market forward. Um, but, you know. Four or five years, let's see. I think the disappointing thing for me, and maybe we should wrap, wrap up here, but mm. like we, we've been talking about this for how long now? It, it's always felt like, oh, it's just around the corner, this new form factor that's going to change everything. And it's just like we've been talking about it for three years. Yep, yep. That's, you know, come on, giant tech companies. Make it a bit more interesting. <laughs> Wasn't, uh, what's his name? Charmer, lucky Charmer guy meant to... Do uh, something. Palmer. Palmer, lucky. Uh, yeah, like we, uh, yeah, the palm guy. Yeah. Anyway, um, on that note, you know, we hope you are listening to this podcast on a phone of your choice. Let us know what that is by getting in touch with us on any of the social networks. You can also check out the other 172 episodes on our website. That's the naked attack podcast.com. And that's Kelp out. 
And that's Jeff out. Ah, oh, that was good. Are we going to do Oculus next week? Uh, we'll see. Only, well, you know, we should have done this episode. What's that? Guess, guess the new Facebook name. Well, okay, let's do it now. I've got a couple of thoughts. I'm going to call it Feta, like, you know, Facebook Meta, like the cheese. The Fediverse. <laughs> all about Just the cheese. cheese. That's right. The Fediverse. I was thinking Meta. Do you think that can get Meta? I was thinking just F.